Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Peeps. Yep. How you doing, buds? We're into the second week of Spooktober. Are you feeling spooked yet? I'm feeling a bit, a bit, sounding still a bit rough. Rough. Ruffums. Ruffums. Maybe because I'm a werewolf or something. Yeah, maybe rough. it's because you're coming down with the lycanthropy. Yes. Uh,. Yesterday, sort of afternoon, evening, mm. I felt like I'd been completely cured. I was like, oh, oh I feel great. woke up this morning feeling a tiny little bit, a little bit, you know. Monica. Monica. But now I'm feeling fine. I was like, oh, it's gone. And I woke up today and it's just sort of had a little second second wind. Oh, no. Sad times. You were feeling sexy and free. And now I'm feeling sexy and enslaved. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, let's it's hope. Like that... Princess Leia in The Return of the Jedi. I don't think she felt sexy. I don't think she felt sexy. No, but she was. She... Okay, and she was enslaved. Yeah, but there was there was yeah. She might have been feeling it, but I'm, just, I'm I'm feeling like how she she came across. Okay, right, all right, now that's fine. Yeah, I rest think... in peace, Carrie Fisher. Oh, for God's know. sake, that's the spookiest intro we've ever done <laughs> it because might it be. might actually get us taken off the air. <laughs> it will not. Well, welcome back to uh, to this show where we talk about video games. Video games. It is a video game podcast. It is actually. It that, actually yeah. is about video games, and uh, Peter Austin has got uh, a sponsor. Yeah. They're, they're, I now I know why they're gonna they're not gonna come back because of the controversial content we've discussed. Next, like alongside their ad read, yeah. Yeah. Next, you're going to be talking about Hong Kong and how it should be free, and I'm then not. we'll have no sponsors forever. Well, it should. We love that. We love that Chinese money. Yeah. Yeah. We do. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, today's sponsor. Uh, have you got a little tearaway, little, little? I can't, I'm not really allowed to swear, but it's in the ad read right here. What does it say? Have you got a tearaway little sh- sh- short child? Have you got a tearaway little flipping? Oh, a little terror. A little te- a tearaway yes. little, little crap. Yes, yes. I certainly have got oh, one of those. Wanna, yeah. Do you want to teach them some, some uh, hard, the school of hard, hard rocks? Oh, this is a, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Take... But send us, send us your money and child to Bullworth Academy. Money and child. Money and child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bullworth Academy. Got pa- it. Payers. What do they do there? They do. They. They. Well, I mean, the game. The game that it's. It's related to is called Bully. Okay. So your child is Not either going to UK though. 
No, you're right, because that wasn't allowed. No, it's horrible. But your child, it says right here, your child is either going to come out a horrible, horrible, big, beefy, bully boy or, or girl, mm, yeah. or horribly victimized and traumatized for the rest of their life. Well, that sounds great. As long as I don't, as the parent, have to deal with them. No. Or their rearing. Just, well. That's what? I don't think the teachers should be dealing with their rearing. Well, either. I mean, it depends on the kind of school. Let's there is a nurse, I think. Not. There's a school nurse there. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, rearing is in raising. Oh, okay. As in, I don't want to, as I don't want anything to do with this child, basically. No, well, just pay, pay, pay us, mm -hmm. say, Bullworth Academy, yeah. send them along. They might come out real, real bad, but yeah. whatever. Sure, is what it says right there. Okay, um, just quick question. Yeah, what does what does canis canum actually mean? Is that dog eat dog? Canis canum edit means yeah. uh, dog eat dog. Yeah. Okay, I thought it it's might. the it's the uh, motto for the school. Well, there's a nugget of truth in what is otherwise a lie, a massive lie. Oh. You idiot! You fool! We got you again. God. Damn it. Get you every week. You never see it coming. <laughs> Too fast for eyes. We got you. Mm. That's not real. Uh, there's no sponsor. Why would there be? Uh, the real sponsors are our wonderful, wonderful patrons over at uh, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where if you support us at any tier, even if it's just a dollar, a dollar. you can submit questions to the show. And uh, as well as, well, I mean, I think that's that's kind of your perk, apart from, you know, supporting us, which we greatly appreciate. But that dollar means you do get to ask questions, and all of these questions in the show have come from patrons. Peeps. Yeah. We got a question there, haven't we? No. Have we? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we got one right there. How unusual. Uh-huh. This one is from... McIver the Mark. That is an R. Is that an uppercase I or a lowercase yes, L? Yes, I believe it's McIver. It's not McLover. McLover. M McLover. It's from McLovin the Mark. Mm. Hello, lads. As we're coming up to Halloween soon, do you have any fond childhood memories of playing horror games? Or, if Ben lives his gimmick of hating horror things uh, that much, any traumatic memories? Question mark. Keep up the fantastic content, comma, cheers, exclamation mark. Question, counter question. Yeah. Then maybe you can answer, Peter. Yeah. Are we limiting the traumatic memories to video games, or can they just be traumatic memories? No, I... Because I, I've got lots of those ones. I think McLovin wants to know about your video game related. Specifically about... Okay, well, let yeah. me just... I'm just scrolling through my... My in-brain filing cabinet. Right. Just getting to the video Putting game. all the traumatic anecdotes of non-video game related stories that you were about yeah. to tell, putting them back in the filing cabinet. Yeah. Fact, do you want me to just fill time while you just rifle through your drawers? I'm nearly there, actually. Oh, yeah? I've just gone past... I'm going backwards. I've just gone past Zoo. Oh. Zoo was a big section. Okay. Um, I mean, tea is kind of water's nearly... Water's gone. Water's gone. Right. I've gone past water. Okay, I'm at video games. Oh, wow. Excellent. Well, we got there eventually. Uh, pizza, what... Pizza? What... I'm having all sorts of issues this morning. Pizza Austin. Yeah. What, 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 what game, what trauma do it? Uh, well, I mean, I answered s sort of half of the... I mean, the earlier half of the question is, do you have any fond memories of playing horror games? Um, and then it's about trauma. Okay. I've got, I've got both. You got both. I got both. Look at you, you oh, well-rounded person. The double. Uh, fond childhood memories of playing horror games. I wasn't really a child anymore, but I got uh, given a, a steelbook copy of Resident Evil 4 for Christmas mm. uh, on PS2 when I was 
you know, probably early teens. So still, ah, I think like right. legally I would not have been able to buy that game in the shops is what I'm saying. Right. And it's definitely a horror game, but it's not like that scary. But uh, God, that's still one of my favorite games of all time. Hmm. I, I think it's just so well made. And you styled your hair after Leon as I well. I did, yeah. You just, you have to put like a long, a long bit over one eye. That's the, what he does. The quaff. Yeah. There he is. There. If you watch the video version, you can see uh, Peter Austin as Leon. Looking just like Leon Kennedy, yeah. Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy. Uh, great game. Uh, and actually, I think the first the, the, the first act, well, actually, the second act as well is pretty spooky, but certainly the first act in the village is uh, is a pretty spooky thing. Mm. You know, there's just something about, like, crazy, crazy weird people in, in rural mountains. Right. You know, in an abandoned village. It's, it's a bit tropey, that game, I think you could say, because, like, literally the whole first act takes place in creepy rural village, like <gasps> lots of horror movies do. Which is where both of us grew up, actually, in creepy yeah, rural villages. true. Then it just moves on to creepy spooky castle, which is another <sighs> very God. tropey horror thing. Loving this so far. And then the third one is sort of, like... Creepy lab on an island. No. Yeah, it's not super original, but, you know, in any case, it's a great game. That's a fond memory of a horror game that I have. I like that. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. game called Nightmare Creatures on PS1. We've not really talked about that. No, on, never heard of that. On here. Oh, it's Talk quite to good. me about it. Third person. You can play as a man or woman. Or a woman. They have different skills, if I recall correctly, as well. Right. And it's sort of this gothic. Uh, it's a bit like, thematically, it's a bit like Bloodborne. Is it? Yeah. Um... In that you're in this sort of weird, creepy town, sort of Victorian-y, medieval-y, mm-hmm. you know, one of those histo- historic with very blurred lines, I'm not really sure what era this is kind of places. Right. Um, and then it's sort of a night where loads of monsters have, have come to life. I think oh, they were no. actually raised or conjured by a man who called uh, Stinky Stinky Raven Face Stinky boy. Raven Face Boy. Yeah. yeah. I've actually heard of him. Yeah, I haven't heard of the game, but I've heard of Stinky Raven Face Boy. But it's, uh, you know, it's a creepy game. There's some scary monster designs. It's very, like, uh, dark, and it's got that thing where, because it's on PS1 and everything's jagged and weird, it just mm. looks that more... It's a bit more intimidating, bit more like creepy. watching a horror movie on VHS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, You should stream that at Halloween. Oh, my God, I should do. That's a good idea. Hello. The people I only upstairs played it. are arriving. They are. They're making noises. <gasps> But there isn't an upstairs. <laughs> Those are some heavy crows. Maybe it's Raven Face Boy Man. Yeah, Stinky Raven Man. No. Um, but uh, uh, what, what, do you have any actual tra- trauma? I've got a trauma here, but I've been talking for ages. Oh no, that's okay. I like listening to you speak, Peter. Oh, Speaker. Um, I've got. I mean, I've got a couple of particular traumas that I've pulled out of the vault. I, in terms of living the gimmick of of what was that hating. Horror games. Hating horror games. Thing is, I've actually come around on horror games. I actually really like Resident Evil games now. Yeah. I really like them. Whereas one of my original traumas was a Resident Evil game. Of course game. it was, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, that that just comes with age. I still don't like horror films. Mm. I don't like being jump scared or psychologically manipulated. I don't like that. I don't like stuff that's going to stick with me. I don't like actually being scared, but I like... The adrenaline rush of of playing or or watching horror games mm-hmm. and things like that. I, I find that more enjoyable now than I used to. I still think Halloween is total BS. Oh. How into it people get. It's a stupid holiday. What's wrong with you? Um, but <laughs> this this was when I this is when I was a young boy and mm-hmm. my father took me into the city to buy a game from Electronics Boutique, and um, my mum picked out Final Fantasy VII. 
yeah. from the bargain bin. Horror game. Horror game, right? Renowned horror game. But that game is creepy. That game, that's a creepy game. It's, it is pretty creepy. It's dark and twisted and frightening in lots of places, but I didn't get very far. Yeah. I got to the opening cinematic where Aerith slash Aeris is standing there with the flowers and there's sort of, I think it's uh, Mako energy or Materia or something, but there's like weird, she's got her weird angular, again, PS1 graphics, her weird angular pointy face and these sort of glowing green things going around her and the, the freaky music that goes, me, me, me. Pause. And it was, and it scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And I didn't play it again That's for a it. long time, <laughs> even though it, it, the music comes into a really good bit of music, and it's oh. fantastic because it pans out onto the street and the cars go past, and it's that iconic shot of panning up and seeing the whole of the city, and the logo comes in, and then it zooms right in on a train, and it and then they arrive at the train station, and Cloud does like the flip off the train. It's the Whoa! Start of the game. It's so good! Rad. But that tiny bit at the start ruined me! Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't play it. I left it, I was at a sleepover at my friend's house, and I left it there for a year. So that it couldn't get you So it couldn't you, get me, because when it was in my house, the scary energy could like yeah. take me in the night or something, <coughs> so I left sure. it there. And now it's you know it's one of my favorite games, um, but at the time it messed me up. It was like Resi Two got you like in the first. Well, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, Resi Two right at the start. I loved the remake. Yeah, but right at the very beginning, I went to my uh, cousin's house, and one of my other cousins, who is also cousin of that cousin, so wow, different parents, but like that cousin who owned who lived in that house wasn't there, but. Me and my cousin were visiting, um, and we were told, just go upstairs, play with his PS1. And again, very young. Yeah. And he had a chipped PS1, and one of the games was Resident Evil 2. We didn't know any of the buttons. Obviously, it was tank controls. Didn't know how to shoot. That made sense to defend yourself from zombies. It yeah. was, the opening of that game is horrifying anyway. Yeah, it's With the cutscene yeah. of the, the trucker turning into a zombie. And again, and that stuff. uncanny kind of, because of the era. Yeah, frightening PS1 weird graphics. Yeah. And then we just got ganged up on by a load of zombies and eaten and it you know it said you've died and stuff and there was a resident evil too and it was it was horrible it was really horrible yeah. and uh, and yeah that that was some that was some real trauma there for me for sure oh well sorry to hear that That's i got okay. some uh, some trauma from a game that again kind of wasn't really a horror game it was probably closer to a horror game than final fantasy 7 was but okay. it was a very eerie thing it's a really old game Called Kingsfield, right? I've heard of Kingsfield. It was on, well, it's a series, and they they made some more that are slightly more contemporary. But uh, the Kingsfield one was on PS One, and then I think a couple of other platforms as well, maybe a, a Sega console or something. Mm. Um, and it was a very early first-person 3D world RPG. So it was in the early days of 3D explorable worlds. Uh, on the PS1 anyway, and uh, there were these really horrible, weird monsters that were like these squid men with a, with their arms up like that. Mm -hmm. They would walk walk around. Yeah. And you were in this strange, blocky, weirdly textured world that was meant to just be, you know, gravel and water and stone, but just looked odd because it was not very well done. Yeah. The draw distance was dreadful, but instead of fog, it was like blackness. So it was just 
dark about three feet in front of you and you're walking around and there's there's things just appearing out of the <laughs> darkness. And worst of all, yeah, uh, all the N- well, there weren't that many NPCs. You were pretty much on your own. But once in a blue moon, you would come across like a little shopkeeper or something. Mm-hmm. And none of them had a face. Oh. They just had skin yeah. and a sort of a bit of a nose shape and a bit of a divot for a mouth mm-hmm. but like no I don't think they had eyes or anything Jesus. just because there wasn't really like the resources or the polygon count to like I don't, don't like that do that kind of thing and there was this one guy who you encounter and he's in his house and he's sitting and he's eating soup like this and he's got his face down he's looking at his soup mm. and when you walk up to a person and press interact they look towards you before they speak and so I saw this guy going like um Nom mm. stepped over to him and he just went. Oh, oh, the with slow no turn. The slow turn. I don't like it. Yeah, for those of you not watching on video, I did a slow turn. Peter just made me do a wee. And it was just, pants. it was horrible. In fact, my best friend at the time came around. We were about eight years old, I think. And mm-hmm. he came around to watch me play it. And he screamed and ran out of the room and said, <laughs> um, Can you turn it off? I don't want to. Is that why you don't like soup? Yeah, Could maybe. This be it? Yeah, doesn't know what it wants to be. No, Slow head turn. Yeah. This guy clearly abandoned it real quick to it's talk to this guy by association, I guess. Yeah, or maybe I think that eating soup makes your eyes disappear. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, there's there's absolutely no scientific research to prove that it doesn't. Yeah. So and there's a game to, to prove say, that it does. Have you ever seen soup and eyeballs in the same room? I don't think I have. No. I don't think I have. There you go. Someone go home and eat some soup in front of a mirror and let us know what happens. Well, they won't know because they won't be able to see it. Well, we don't. Well, we don't know that they don't know. No, this is the science. Yeah, it's what a what a time to be alive. It's time. Talking of science, it's yeah. time for something cutting edge right now. Yeah, this is like on the forefront of of medical engineering and science. And it's a new section, brand new, that we call yeah. What we playing? Uh, it's time for what we playing. Yeah, uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. We did a quipscope about Trine 4, a game that both of us are very excited about. Yeah. Because we love some Trine. How how are you finding it? Just sort of, uh, people can go watch the video for, for deep dive an- analysis. For full deets. Yeah. Um, but please, d- tell tell everyone, shout about Trine 4. Is it good? Are you liking it? Yes, I am. Yay! So as we've probably uh, mentioned previously on the channel, uh, Ben and uh, and me and my fiancé like to play Trine together at Ben's place um, because it's a three-player game where you mm. all choose a different character and you hop around and do different things. And everyone has a different ability, set of abilities. Casual as heck, yeah. super relaxed. It's uh, Generally speaking, it's um, sort of 2.5D, mm-hmm. so you know you only have to worry about one plane of movement, uh, which is nice. Uh, Trying 3 did actually have some depth to it, it which is slightly weird. But that's gone again. It's gone again. So, so far in Trying 4, I'm, I've not finished it yet. Okay. Trying 4 is great. I'm yeah. loving it. Uh, I think they've they've really addressed a couple of the issues in that so many times when we've played previous trying games, you know, for the most part, the puzzles are well designed and, you know, there's enough for everyone to be doing. Mm. But more or maybe two thirds of the time, it's just kind of wizard. Can you just put a, put a block wizard, there? I'm and tired of trying to solve this. Just can carry you, us And across. then die and then respawn yeah. and we'll just move on. Well, especially with... Um, when the wizard, because I don't think it's always available from the beginning of the game, but like it, it doesn't take long for the wizard to be able to move a box while someone is standing on it. Mm-hmm. And once you can do that, you can just carry anyone to anywhere in the yeah in the world. Now I can't say whether you can move boxes with other players standing on it because I've only played it single player. Mm. I'm hoping they've removed that. But in any case, 
what they have done is they've kind of removed a couple of abilities from all the characters and designed puzzles that are can only be solved by one person at a time so that and then they sprinkle those almost evenly in the world so that everyone really feels like this is my time to shine this is your time to shine you know it's not just wizard box me please wizard <laughs> yes box me box me wizard wizard can i have a box please so for example pontius the knight your character my character can no longer Throw his big heavy hammer, I'm sorry to say. No. I know that'll probably... Oh, but it was such a menace. It was. Smashing everything. Smashing everything. But it means that for the most part, uh, ranged attacks, so like shooting down distant targets, now falls to the archer, which is my character. Mm, okay. But likewise, you know, you've got now a, a jump stomp ability, oh. which is new. So I can actually do so. So everyone actually has a role this time rather yeah. than sort of just muddling through. So you're pretty much the only person who can do stomping. Okay. Now, I think eventually you do you do unlock uh, new abilities that allow kind of two of the three people to be able to do any one task. So mm -hmm. I think the wizard can eventually unlock a an ability that slams a box down on the floor really hard. And that presumably has the same effect as a as a butt bounce. Right. Um, but certainly from the very beginning, um, you know, the skills are cleverly limited, I think in a good way. You know, normally when characters get nerfed in games, it's like, oh, okay, well, now I can't do the fun things anymore. But I think it's just been really well thought out. Um, okay. And that's that's the biggest thing I've taken away from it is that I'm just looking forward to playing it as a three so much because I think it will really... It'll work really own. well, yeah, yeah, more than it ever has. It's four-player now, right? Is it? That's what I've heard. So is there a fourth character, or does it just allow someone to play, how, you to have two of the same character? Well, there's uh, an option when you start a game for, it says something like character mode, and you can have it on classic or unlimited. And what yes. I think that means is if you put it on classic, you can only have three of any character, in mm. which case, I don't know if you could have a fourth player or not. I don't know. In the previous games, that meant uh, you you could switch at will. Yeah. Or you could, or you had to stick to a specific character. Yeah. I think that's what it meant. Right. Rather than uh, having a fourth player or not. But unlimited would allow you to have a fourth player in that anyone can be anyone at any time. So it doesn't matter if like, oh, well, there's only three characters. It's like, well, I'll just have two wizards. Possibly. That's... I just mean that that was in the previous. Classic and Unlimited was right. an option in the previous game as okay. well. But I don't know if that applies to the player four. I don't know. I don't know how it would work. We, we need to find that out. I wonder if in Trine 5, you can have five characters. Oh, my God. That's in Trine 6. Now they've done, yeah, they've passed three. There's just going to be loads of Pontiuses not throwing hammers around. And if you go back and replay Trine 1 now, there's just one person. Just one, one character. character. Classic mode, there's just one. Yeah. There's just someone with three heads talking to each other yeah. the whole way through. Well, it sounds great. I'm really looking forward to playing it. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was just one one aspect of it, but we've we've done a deeper dive on Quipscope. You can go and watch that now if you want to find out more. But yeah, essentially, mm. really enjoying it Yeah. Uh, on my own. And I'm even, I'm, I'm looking forward to enjoying it even more as a three. Friends apply within. Yes. Hello? Excellent. Um, I've been playing logically some more Borderlands. Yeah, of course. Been been getting through that still, still enjoying myself. I'm trying to think trying to think if there was anything else we played. We played a actually I can't talk about that because that's a that's a prove it that's coming out. Oh yeah. Um what else? There's gotta be that something. That sounds like you're about to say Assassin's Creed Creed. We did not play Assassin's Creed. No, we didn't Creed. play Assassin's Creed. We played Assassin's Oh I can't talk about that Ooh. when we played Assassin's Creed. We played 
we've played we played FIFA. We talked we about did. that. Yeah, we've joined it's, streamed FIFA. It's FIFA. There's got to be something I've played, right? Oh, Bloodborne. I played some Bloodborne oh, last yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, my friends and I started a playthrough at the beginning of the year. I think I talked about it on this podcast. We were doing a, a gaming weekend. We do a couple of those a year and try and all get together, different, live in different parts of the country. And we get together one weekend and like pick a game and try and play through all of it. And um, we got through most of Bloodborne, mm-hmm. but we just started the DLC, but didn't get very far. So last night we picked up from that. And we beat um, Lady Maria. I soloed her. I beat Lady Maria by myself. First time as well. First, literally first try solo. Wow. I did it. Did it all by myself. I used all my blood vials, but I did it. And that was good fun. It was good fun popping back into Bloodborne. Uh, people frequently ask about Barbara Piss and when she's going to tackle the DLC. The DLC is so bloody hard. Oh, no. I don't know if, if, if she's going to go back in a hurry. Uh, but at some point, I mean, there's rumors about Demon's Souls, which is very exciting. So oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe she'll go in there. But uh, oh, who's to say? Oh, I'm getting a call from a number I don't recognize in Wigan. Uh, do you want to answer it and put them on the pop- podcast? No, don't do that. I don't know if I do. No. I'm going to let it. What I do with these calls is I let it, I let it ring out. They didn't even let it ring until the conclusion of the natural ring anyway but if they don't if they ring a couple of times and they don't leave a message then you block the number yeah i mean that's the rule i i always think that's a bit excessive i think i hate it i hate being cold called by numbers that i also google the number and if it doesn't show up with anything and they're not letting me know what they want then they can go away i do that if i google the number then i do sometimes block them but i think if you know, some. Do you always check the number before you block them, or yeah. do you? Okay. Usually I do, especially if it says Wigan. I don't live in Wigan. No. Who's calling me from Wigan? Well, but sometimes companies are based in. We might well, be your, I know, your but bank. That's, that's what I mean. It's your bank. Your ba- hello, hello. <laughs> Careful. No, no, not at all. Um, it's that I know. Now we're talking about blocking numbers. I hate being called by numbers I don't recognise. Me too. And if they if it says Wigan or a, or a, or a city that I don't live in or that my family don't live in then I, I tend to treat it with extreme suspicion. Yeah. If I got a call from a number I didn't recognize from Newcastle, I'd answer it because it might be my letting agent. Yeah. It might be something like that. But if it's from outside, they call a couple of times, I'll Google it and then I'll block it because right. they can get in the bin. I have no time for you, sir. No time at all. Bloodborne. Anyway, that's what I play. Oh, okay. You sure that might have been Babs? Is she from Wigan? Uh, no, she's from Winning. What's oh very good? What's Theresa May's constituency? I can't remember. Um, hell, <laughs> got her. Uh, have we got time for? Uh, we got time for another question? I don't know that we do. Our countdown on our recordings running to an end, so we oh. should probably drop to restart. It. Yeah, we should probably. What we'll do yeah. is we'll stop the camera because our camera only goes for half an hour. Yeah, and then we'll start up again. Right. Yeah. Oh, Peter's walking over, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll carry on and we'll do the next question. Hello. No, you okay? Are you listening on the audio? Po- are you confused? Are you your- confused? Peter's Hello? now stood by the Press camera. The and we're back. Peter's sitting down. Now, here we go. If you ever notice a slight jump in the video um, <laughs> when you're watching the video, that's why. It's because our camera only goes for half an hour. So we, we do. Oh, hang on. How many? <laughs> wow, this is really behind the curtain today, isn't it? Cancel timer. <laughs> no, not set timer. How did you even hear that? Call timer. Can set timer. Cancel timer. Oh my god, she's real. Cancel timer. I stopped the timer. Set a timer for 29 minutes. Setting. 
Your timer is set for 29 minutes. We get, we get that would have been much quicker to do manually, I think, at that I'm not blaming you, I'm blaming her. Siri is just really crapped the bed today, didn't she? She really let us down. Welcome to another question, Peter. It's from someone with two first names. Would yeah. you like to read the question? It's from both members of Team Rocket, Jessica James. Yeah, Jesse and James. And Meowth, that's right. And Meowth, that's right. That's her middle name. Jessica Meowth James. You touched on mobile games in last week's question about microtransactions, but I wondered whether there were any mobile games in general, paid for or otherwise, that you have played and enjoyed. I think some of the graphics and in-depthfulness, Peter, that one's for you, of certain games genuinely surprise me sometimes, and you can tell a lot of hard work and effort has gone into them, which maybe isn't recognised enough. Why is that for me? In-depthfulness. It's, it's a long word. What do you think of the word? In-depthfulness. pretty good. Is it a real word? Have we checked that? I don't... I think that's why she's suggesting that you check it. That's okay. Let's have a look. Define in-depthfulness. <laughs> no. No, it's not a word. But it makes sense. Yeah. That's the adaptive English language there. There's probably a proper term for adding on suffixes to make words more longer, right? Yeah, long like longer. Like putty for loo. Yes. Etc. Makes uh, your bones go, grow stronger. <laughs> ghost stronger. <laughs> Peter. Yeah. What, I mean, we talked about, we did talk about mobile games last week, and we probably treated them with some disdain because neither of us really play mobile games. Yeah. I know I don't. Um, but that, I, I, I think we should clarify that. I don't think that means that there are, there, there are, there are no worthwhile games on the mobile platform. Well, that's, that's an interesting philosophy. I think that's that might be something that comes into play for question three. Just because we don't play something doesn't mean it's not a good thing. No, not at all. Maybe we'll uh, see what that means later on. Um, I mean, I I play like one or two. I don't. I, I have a, a couple of mobile games on my phone at mm. all times for if I'm like on a train and I'm I'm really that bored. And even yes. then, on a train, I don't tend to. You know, they're just you know once in a blue moon I'll play them mm. if I need a bit of filler. But they're so I don't I don't ever pay for them, and invariably, if you want one of those, because there are some really fancy graphics-looking mobile games nowadays. Mm -hmm. But generally, you know, you have to pay for that kind of thing, even if it's just a little little amount. Yeah. Uh, but the free ones that I play, they're like simple puzzly games, usually just two D flat flat plane things, uh, and they're they're that uh, kind of. They're fun and satisfying, but not remotely rememberable. And mm. I, I can't give you the name or barely even describe any of the games I've actually played. Right. Because they're just, oh, th there's a... They're there's just a, time wasters. There's a ball in it or some blocks or right. a moving thing or a line or, mm. oh, time that correctly. You know, it's just, yeah, they're just time wasters. And they're great for that. I'm not having a go. Mm. I'm not saying they shouldn't exist. I think they're really good. They serve the purpose. The only game that I can remember playing quite a lot of for a time on my phone. Uh, the only reason I can remember it is because it has quite a, a big brand attached to it. Candy Crush. I played a bit of Candy Crush for a yeah. while. Yeah. Not. I didn't get too in-depth in it. I never spent a penny on it. Watched a few ads. Uh, and, you know, I don't I don't rave about it, but, you know, it did does what it says it's in just, the tin. That's it, isn't it? Satisfying when you get one of those, those multicolored ones that like, blows everything up. I've never played Candy Crush. Oh, wow, it's good. But, uh, yeah, you know, I just play Candy Crush sometimes. Well, I don't anymore, but I used to. I'm trying to find the name of one that was recommended to me that I played for a little bit that was actually really good. I can just describe it. I'm sure someone will let me know what it is. Um, 
yeah, there's 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 plenty of mobile games that that are obviously really really good. I played one extensively that was based on Phileas Fogg. Oh yeah, around the world in eighty days. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, and it's and I played it on iPad as well, which was I think probably one of the better ways to experience it. I was where it was say most people all, play it on tablet. Yeah, yeah, where it was all sort of like artfully done, and you got to choose where you went next, and you had various. I think you were Phileas Fogg's assistant. Yeah. And you could do various things in the in whichever town or or you know country that you went to, and you had certain amounts of resources where you had to decide where to go next, and you could fail to get around the world in eighty days if you yeah. just didn't think carefully about where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do. Choose your modes of transport and stuff, don't you? It's and... really clever. Like it's a it's a very very good game. It just happens to be on mobile. Obviously, when we were talking about microtransactions, and I know that there are probably some games even like that that exist on mobile. That need to supplement themselves with additional purchases. Yeah. But I would, again, I, I think our philosophy <laughs> is I would rather pay a small fee for the game and just support the developer, not have any ads, and maybe there's some optional stuff to buy, but that's kind of it. Yeah. Which is the case with that. The other one that completely took over my life and many, many other people's lives back in 2010 yes. was Game Dev Story. Oh, right. Do you remember Game Dev Story? Yeah, I, I know a lot less about that than Around the World in 80 Days. I've seen like a, a playthrough okay. of that on YouTube. Game Dev Story is is basically, I think another one came out more recently called like Game Dev Tycoon. Yeah. Where you start I've in your that. bedroom and you have to create your own games and you have to name them and choose the different categories and you hire people and they have different stats. And, they had that piracy and you have to do thing. bug squashing and stuff. Yeah, what was the piracy thing? Well, basically, if you pirated the game, they had some kind of piracy protection stuff in the game mm -hmm. so that if you were playing a pirated version of Game Dev Tycoon, you would start to get messages up saying like, oh, this game that we we just created and put out. Like, you would put mm -hmm. out a game and then you'd get a message saying, oh, your game is like, it's not making any money because people <laughs> are pirating it and like no one's ah, buying, the, see, buying it properly. And like you would that. like suffer the consequences in your yeah. game. It was it was so addictive. I I eventually kicked it in the same way that I think I kick a lot of games that I play way too much of, like Crash Team Racing, like Skyrim, where I just can't play it anymore. Yeah. And uh, I remember because I was at university at the time, and I remember waiting in the the laundry room mm -hmm. of the student accommodation I was staying in uh, because the washing machines would take about an hour. So I'd put my stuff in, then go back to my room, and then I would come back about an hour later and put it in the tumble dryer and then leave and then come back. Yeah. And there were sofas in there, in that room. So I would I remember putting the washing in, and I just sat there for like two hours just <laughs> on my phone playing this stupid game. Oh, God. So yeah, of course, there's mobile games that are really, really good. We were just talking about the insidious ones that are very, very clearly there to try and get as much money out of you as possible, like the Star Wars heroes. And, and you can still enjoy those. I played a lot of WWE Super Cards. All right. Uh, a, a number of years, like five, six years ago now. And I, I bought card packs and stuff like that. But I don't think anyone could say that those games are going to be game of the year. You know, effort's gone in to make them, of course. And I'm sure there was a hardworking team behind all of them. But it's those practices that have seeped into console games that we are not huge fans of, and that's what we were talking about last time. Yeah, it is slightly troubling to think that they do basically just stem from the mobile gaming uh, industry. So lucrative. Yeah. So lucrative. Kind of think like, oh, if they if mobile games had never existed, mm. maybe there'd be no, there would be Michael. They would have thought of it, definitely. Michael, Tra hello, I'm Michael hello. Transactions. Hello. Well, there we go. I hope that answers your question, Jessica Meowth-James. Mm. 
It's time for a, a strange bit of the podcast. I've got the hiccups thinking it's, about it. Yeah, don't try and... Sw- I hope you can swallow this story. Ah! It's weird news. Oh, no, my paper. Ah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's peculiar news time. It is. Peculiar. Peter. Peter. Yeah. You got weird news for me. Yes. Have you? You're just getting it out. It's from Kotaku. It's from Kotaku. We like that one. We do like that one. We know it. They've got, they're great. Honestly, I know a lot of our weird news comes, usually comes from Polygon or Kotaku. It's Mm. just because they have a great, like, website layout. They've got lots of contributing writers. Yeah. So the smaller Stranger Stories get picked up and you can just scroll through this list of articles dating back weeks trying to find stuff. Yeah. It's just super easy to navigate. IGN. They've just uh, got a good... I think they've got a good uh, kind of mentality or philosophy. Like, they know... You know, they, they can write very seriously when they need to. When mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, Hong Kong or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when a... Free, sil- hashtag free Hong Kong. Free Hong Kong. Yeah. When a silly thing happens... They're really good at like picking that up and thinking, yeah, we will do a story on this. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. will. Whereas, Jason Schreier is a phenomenal writer. Yeah. Whereas some other news outlets might be like, huh, huh. Peter's f- not good enough for us. For those of you who can't see the video podcast, Peter's acting very pompous. Huh. And he's 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 putting his shoulders back and pointing his nose in the air and looking down his spectacles at the camera. Um, oh, and now he's oh, and now he's touching himself. He knows touching himself. I am. Yeah. Stop doing that. That's what they do. It. They what do. Yeah. They do that. A PC Smell each gamer. other's farts. A no. PC gamer. Yeah, no. A PC Take g- that. We've we've done news from PC we, gamer. Yeah, we have. They do silly news. Yeah, stuff. they do. Yeah. No. Not not PC gamer. The other one. The other one. Yeah. You know, the other one. Uh, Destructoid. No, I don't. I have nothing against Destructoid. No. Uh, you you will have heard this story. You can't have escaped escaped this one it was on social media strictly come dancing featured a pokemon themed dance what have you seen this image prepare for trouble there they are oh wow i didn't realize she was dressed up as pikachu <laughs> yeah and, and he is ash yes wow 
This is by Alistair Jones on Kotaku. Mm-hmm. 1999's Pokemon The First Movie is one of my earliest cinematic memories, but I must have missed the bit with all the ballroom dancing. Thankfully, Strictly Come Dancing has taken steps to fill that space. For those unfamiliar with the show, it's a dancing competition where various couples, formed of one celebrity and one professional dancer, perform a number... Perform a number. Yeah. And get scorched by a bunch of overacting judges. Yeah. Sounds about right. This weekend's episode had the theme of Movies Week. (laughs) (laughs) And one couple, Paralympian Will Bailey and partner Jeanette Manrara... Oxford for a dis- I hope she's paid for a f- for the full trial of Menrara. What? That's a Winra joke there. Oh, for I people see. At home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, opted for a distinctly anime interpretation of the theme, taking on the roles of Ash and Pikachu in the Pasadoble. Excellent. Canonically, I have some issues. Dressed in Ash's iconic jacket and baseball cap. Bailey begins the routine by throwing a pokeball to herald the arrival of his partner. While it's a decent nod to convention, Ash's Pikachu famously refuses to be confined. Exactly. So personally, I'm docking points for a lack of authenticity oh, can straight you away. If one of the judges said that, yeah. <laughs> um, why was Pikachu in a ball? <laughs> uh, that's not actually a reflection on Alistair Jones's. Uh, voice or or I'm not calling him a one of those people whiny boy I think he's just trying to be funny and I, I, yeah, thought, no, that was I, funny. I thought that was hilarious yeah now I'm about as far from being an expert on ballroom dancing as it's possible to be so I'll resist temptation to judge the actual quality of the performance mm. Bailey and Manrara seemed happy though and the judges scores seem roughly on par for this stage of the competition so I suppose it was a decent effort. And then the editor has inserted a note here yeah. mid-prose and said, have you watched this thing? My eyes! <laughs> Signed, Ed. Oh my goodness. Uh, back, to, back to Alistair. But it's a shame the BBC passed up on using the actual dance-themed Pokemon like Curliar or Oricorio. Even my water bottle just did a bubble. You know, then. from, from Generation was, 93. Yeah, there was a complete silence, and then my water bottle, just a big bubble, came up from the bottom <laughs> as well. Did a little trump. Stifled a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that Pokemon. If no. it's outside of Gen 2, you can get in the bin. Yeah, Orinoco Flow. You know, that dancing Pokemon, Orinoco. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Mime, sort of. He, he dances. Yeah, sort kind of, a, of a dance. He can dance. He can jive. He having the time to. of his life. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that was weird. How peculiar. How strange. Would you like another one? Yes. Here is a news story from Polygon. Polygon. Jeopardy! It's gone, exclamation mark. Jesus. Messed up by taking a silly gaming meme at face value. Right. So here we go. This week on an episode of the long-running Alex Trebek-hosted game show Jeopardy. This is in America, Peter. Da, 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 da. It's that one. They featured a question about Tetris, and the incident now has me questioning questioning every bit of trivia I've learned from the quiz show. The question, or rather answer, this is Jeopardy after all, pondered which video game has puzzle pieces named Orange, Ricky, Hero, and Smash Boy. Here's the wording on that clue as it appeared in in a recent episode. Uh, Okay, you ready? Yeah. The seven rotatable blocks used in this video game have names like Orange Ricky, Hero, and Smash Boy. Uh, Yeah, famously. Yeah. Uh, Jeopardy contestant Jessica Gasset 
gave the correct response to that clue, what is Tetris, only that's not correct at all. Officially, the names of Tetris Tetrominoes are not Orange Ricky, Hero, and Smash Boy, <laughs> nor are they Blue Ricky, Tiwi, Rhode Island Z, or Cleveland Z. <laughs> all of those names apparently come from a viral image that circulated earlier this year, purported to be from the NES Tetris instruction manual. Gars. In February, Twitter user Vecito 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 tweeted out the following goof, and then it just is a is a screen cap of a of a tweet saying, "I found the original instruction booklet for Tetris, and did anyone know that these pieces had names?" That's not part of the actual Tetris instruction booklet, but apparently someone at Jeopardy took that image at face value or their own goof embarrassingly made it to broadcast, resulting in this week's bit of incorrect Tetris trivia. Oh. Do you want to hear them say? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, here we go. Let's see if we can get it to play. Come on. Come on. Do the thing, phone. Uh, video game Paris for 800. The seven rotatable blocks used in this video game have names like Orange Ricky, Hero, and Smash Boy. <laughs> Jessica. What is Tetris? Yes. She got it straight away. <laughs> yeah, I look, uh, he says yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. When the official Jeopardy Twitter account tweeted out the clue this week, the official Tetris account responded with a little shade. And then there's the verified uh, Tetris account with emojis of sort of pondering and questioning face. And then a, a gif of Will Smith, of Will Smith pondering as well, <laughs> looking a little bit questioning. We've reached out to the folks at Jeopardy to see how this mix-up might have happened and if the show plans to correct the error. What? What? Put out a little... By the way, on yeah. a previous episode of... Uh... We call Orange Ricky Hero and Smash Boy. Uh, that's not it at all. I don't know if what they're actually called. They do have they do have real names, but it's not it's not the ones from the no. from the joke tweet. I think they're really I think they're really tedious names. They're just like S T line uh, square and you know boring stuff. wedge or whatever. Well, there we go. That's it. I think Smash Boy and Orange Ricky are yeah. my favourites. Definitely. Um, so. Yeah, weird. Well done, Jeopardy. Jeopardy's stupid. I don't like Jeopardy. Like, the whole notion of, like, oh, we're going to give you the answer and you have to tell us what the question was. But it's not. that's not how it works. Mm. Because the answer is like a, an essay and then you have to just say yeah. what is and then the name of the thing that it's describing. It usually has so much... There was so much context in there. Yeah. Even though they had the incorrect names, there was so much context that it couldn't be anything else. Yeah. Unless like, it was like that weird, what was that weird game that Steven Spielberg made for for Xbox 360? You know the one I'm talking about. No, it had like blocks in it and stuff. I'll I'll look it up in a sec. But right. Like, unless unless it was that, but that's way too obscure. They wouldn't do that. But if the answer to a, if the question was what is Tetris, the answer would just be like a video, you know, a video game with falling blocks. You know, yeah. or something, you know, even more. Oh, it's, I think it's really stupid, the whole format. And if you forget, if you forget, if you forget to say what is, if you buzz in and say Tetris, mm -hmm. then they say, sorry, you failed to put your answer in the form of a question. And then you don't get the points. That's stupid. It's just a stupid show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of any game shows, to be honest. I don't really, I don't really. I don't want to watch someone play a game show. I want escapism on TV. Oh, I don't want... You'd love a bit of tipping point, surely. I've never watched that, ever. <laughs> um, blocks. Here we go. This has got to be... I'm fairly sure it's Steven. Boom Blocks. Boom Blocks. Stylized as Boom Blocks is a puzzle video game for the... Oh, for the Wii. There we go. For the Wii console. Oh. And mobile devices and the N-Gage. 
uh, developed by EA Los Angeles in conjunction with Dara T. Lawler and Steven Spielberg. Right. There we go. Wrong console. God, but Steven Spielberg. Boom blocks. And it got reasonable reviews. It's just it's just like, I think it was just a bit like Jenga, to be honest. Yeah. I don't really know <laughs> what the appeal was. But there we go. That was weird news. I hope you thought it was weird. What does Liam Hammond have to say? Liam Hammond comes straight in in direct response to those two weird news stories. With and a stinger. And with says, a stinger. Why aren't you fans of Xbox? I'm not either, but I just wanted your take. <laughs> well, yeah. Liam, if that is your real name. Uh, we're not, well, I can only speak for myself. I would never think of speaking for my Don't you dare. partner here. Don't you dare. Business partner. Uh, I'm not not a fan of Xbox. I just don't have one because I can only afford slash want a single console in my house. And I'm going to go for the one that has better exclusives in this generation. However, ah! I had, instead of a PS3, I had an Xbox 360. Mm. Um, I think the main reason I did that is price point, you know. And, and I don't think I thought, like, that the 360 was going to necessarily have better exclusives. But I have a list of games here I'm going to quick fire through. Go. That I like from, from the Xbox. Do the fastest fire. <clears throat> Halo 1 to 3 and Halo Reach. Halo Wars as well. Condemned Criminal Origins. And also the second one, but not as much. Uh, Oblivion came out one year ahead of time. That was a good thing. Fable series, particularly Fable 1, was good. Jedi Academy was available on PC. But if you wanted to play it on console, you needed an Xbox 360. Soul Calibur 2 ran much better on Xbox than on PS2. I still have it on PS2, but I had it on Xbox and really miss it because the loading screen, oh boy. Jet Set Radio Future, good game, made me want to learn how to rollerblade, but be cool and not not a big, uh, you know, idiot, a big idiot about it. The PS4 now has better exclusives, and that's why I have one, and that's why I like it. But I've always... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Mm. No, I don't. I don't. What does it say? Why aren't you fans of Xbox? Well, I suppose that's true. I'm not a fan of Xbox, but I don't dislike Xbox. Yeah, it depends on your definition. It's of what it's fan fun is. to, and I quote Polygon now, yeah. throw shade <laughs> because that's fun. Like the the video game memes, etc., around E3 are always just great. It's great fun to be a part of that. I feel like the the so-called console war that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. People nah. have their preferences, and sometimes debates can get heated amongst. Idiots, but gamer boys, gamer or girls, bo- or girls, gamer go- girls. I, I don't think really there's sa- the the same venom that there used to be. Uh, people just have their preferences. I grew up with a Game Boy, and then I got a PS One, and then I got a PS Two because all my friends had a PS Two. I had a friend who had an Xbox, and I would occasionally go and play Halo at his, but I never really got it because I was very bad at it. Yeah, my brother um, had an Xbox and I had a PS2. So I remember, yeah it's, yeah. it's a fun it's a fun little dynamic you had there. Oh, lucky boy. Very fortunate boys. Weren't allowed in each other's rooms because of, you know, the war. Well, yeah, pretty because much. Because of the console war. Yeah. Um, but the lines were drawn. You had one half of the house and he had the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't allowed any Windows PCs, no. but he was. Yeah. You were allowed Apple products, though. No, I wasn't. I was only allowed Sony computers. Only only allowed Sony Veo. The really bad Sony computers. Um, Yeah. So that and then as I started getting into games media, as we've spoken about on the podcast before, I just 
just much preferred PlayStation. I liked their games. I, I was ne- I've never been a big Halo fan, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad. That's yeah. the thing. Like th- you can dislike something and not think it's rubbish. Yeah. Um. I I don't like Gears of War. I don't care for Crackdown. I'm not a racing fan, so Forza really doesn't do anything for me. And as you said, there's just there's been a real exclusive issue. Yeah. This year, you know, this this console generation, Xbox got off to a horrendous start from a PR perspective. They did really badly. Mm. And, I, you know, I've never had any intention of buying any Xbox console probably since I was tempted to get an Xbox 360 just to play Oblivion. Yeah. Uh, but then Oblivion came out on PS3, and I suffered. I, f- I feel like maybe there's just a sense of... Um, martyrdom and perhaps a little bit of weird mixed up pride which you should never have with corporations because they're companies at the end of the day and they don't care about you yeah but i suffered through the worst years of having a ps3 right you know when oblivion came out late and then all the expansions for everything call of duty uh skyrim they all came out first on xbox and we were just sat there twiddling our thumbs ps3 performance was terrible for a lot of third-party games that were on multiple consoles and i i endured all of it and now i've got this ps4 where everything seems to kind of work apart from the menus in borderlands um so yeah that's why i just people just have their People just have their preferences, and mine is PlayStation. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll happily cover Xbox on here as and when we can. Mm. We're, I know we're about to do a big discussion all about the PS5 because it's just been a big week for PlayStation news. It has. It's, I'd like to think <clears throat> if the equivalent happened for Xbox, we might not be as knowledgeable, but we would certainly attempt to talk about it and cover it for yeah. you guys. And, uh, you know, our lists frequently feature Xbox games because we've got lots of writers who play all sorts of stuff and have played all sorts of stuff. But in terms of personal preferences... I'm very much skewed PlayStation, and I have been my entire life, and Peter's been sort of a 50-50 boy yeah. most of the time. Well, I've, I've mostly, I mean, uh, the 360 was the only era or the only generation where I had an Xbox console. Hmm. Um, as I say, my brother had an Xbox while I had a PS2, um, but I, I really did just mostly play my PS2. I wasn't that interested. Um, but yeah, and, and I had PS1 as well and PS4, but... Uh, yeah, I think I think like there's been a better time for Xbox. I think the 360 era was, you know, better for exclusives than it is now. Mm-hmm. Like I say, you know, Condemned, Halo, uh, F- even Fable One, I think was a good game. I know Peter Molyneux has since tarnished his own reputation, but it was a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I I always liked the look of Fable games actually. Yeah, but then my friend played them on PC, so I was like, oh, yeah. I don't really need an Xbox for it. No, you're right. You, so, so these, to be fair, they're not just like Xbox exclusive. Some of these, they they were on PC, but in any case, you couldn't play them on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nowadays, you know, even when you just look at like first party exclusives, it's not just the case that like, oh, well, you know, maybe Microsoft have been unfortunate and the third parties have. You know, they've just gone one way and not the other. But you look at the stuff that they're making, their own their own stuff. You know, Halo I think has gone to gone to crap. Gears of War, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not really qualified to say. I've only played like the first two, but I just it doesn't look that exciting to me. But uh, you know, I guess I I've, played a bit. There's some bias there, but you yeah. know, I just feel like Sony, even from a first party perspective, are just absolutely nailing it. You know. They're being a bit weird at the moment, though, with how they're doing stuff. I think someone pointed out on Twitter that our big discussion is about the PS5 because there was another massive yeah. Wired article <clears throat> about it, which is, again, it's strange that they're doing it that way 
there's there's an element of ingenuity to it because it can then be shared really quickly across everything. Right. And and it makes people sort of, you know, dive into the details of this. It's a huge get for Wired. Uh, but it's strange that they're doing that. It also happened to be on the release day of a first-party game, which was Concrete Genie, which then got yeah. buried yeah. underneath all this PS5 news. And it's that's weird that they're doing that. Yeah. It's weird that they've not been at E3, even though it was kind of justifiable. It's weird that they're... You know, they're not talking, uh, they haven't been talking about a lot of their first party games mm. for a while. Like Ghost of Tsushima apparently is fine, but um, I mean, we don't know that. We heard you know, the first we haven't of seen it. Last of Us 2 for a long time yeah. recently. Like, we've not heard much before for then ages. for ages. Yeah. It helps build this sort of cult of, of personality and aura around the PlayStation brand. But at the same time, it's really difficult for longtime fans like myself to, re- <laughs> to really like get to get super on board with it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, PlayStation PlayStation is is not infallible, but certainly this generation, the games have just been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, they've, they've just been so... This year's been crap, admittedly, but, like, they've yeah. just been... They've just been so good. Well, they've just been riding on a wave. Like, they don't they yeah. didn't need to do anything this year, almost. What have they got in the bank? Good. They've got Spider-Man 2, probably in production. God of War 2, Horizon, Horizon 2. Yeah. Uh, Christ, I hope... I mean, at some point, maybe a Bloodborne 2, but it sounds like there's going to be a Demon Souls remake of some kind. Yeah. There's just a lot. There's just a it's lot insane. of really good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why, that's why, you know, we're not we're not fans of Xbox, but we're not... We don't dislike Xbox. We're not not going to cover Xbox if that no. makes sense. I hope that makes sense to people. Yeah, you know, we we have we do have a bias because we're human beings, but there's a reason for that, and it doesn't mean that we we you know we're not going to talk about the things that we're not huge fans of. No, it's just you know it, it partly you know the fact that we don't have a, an Xbox One. You know we're not. We don't even have one in the office. No, so we're not. Can't even play it. We can't even say, you know, this is how it feels and this is how it plays. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's not it's not that we think they're bad, no. terrible people. No, not at all. It's time. It is time. For a huge discussion. Something bigger than, oh, me. Than life itself. Yeah. It's time for it. The big discussion. It's big discussion time. Uh, this came from a few people, understandably. Mm, uh, yeah. Let's see what we got here. Mike, son of water, water son. Yeah. And also uh, Harrison Callan asked a similar question. PS5 has been announced. Will you be launch day buyers or will you wait a while? I launch date the PS3 and regretted it, which led me to delay my purchase of the PS4. Oh. What's your plan for the upcoming console? Uh, we've also got a question from Empyrean7. What do you think some of the confirmed, uh, some of the launch titles, sorry, uh, and what will the console be capable of that we don't already know is confirmed? So there was this big wide article, Peter. Yeah. It's huge. It dropped earlier in the week. Big news, um, big discussion. I mean, we all sort of assumed it would be called the PS5, but this confirmed that it is going to be called the PS5. That was a lot of people's take on it. Like, that was their main headline or, like, the thing that they were tweeting. It's actually called the PS5. Confirmation. It's called the PS5. I was like, It was actually quite a big part of the article. Like, uh, even the the big boy, I can't remember what he's called. God, I feel really bad now. Um, The head of uh, SIE. Uh, Jim Ryan, I think, is his name. I think that's, yes, I think it's Jim Ryan. Uh, Said that, you know, he was described as he he felt as though he had a a weight lifted from his shoulders that he could finally confirm that, yes, it is called the PlayStation 5. I don't know why they didn't confirm that last time. It was a bit strange. I wasn't uh, remotely, I was like, okay, 
it's good to know that they're not calling it Scorpio. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we've had the PlayStation Vita and the PlayStation Move, and they could have called it the PSP2 and done probably way, way better with it. The PS1X or something. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that was uh, that. was that. Peter, are you, are you going to buy one at launch? What are you thinking? Probably, but... Depends on the price, I suppose. It right? partly depends on the price. I mean, I'm sure it will be affordable, um, and we'll we'll know in enough time how much it's going to be that I can then make sure that I have that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll definitely want one on launch day. But like, it's um, the other thing that that bothers me is what we talked about maybe last week or two weeks ago about this idea that there may be a sort of second model coming shortly after release. Right two-tiered system yeah immediately and at that point it's like you know depending on what that thing is offering and whether i know that on launch day of the of the base model or if they're going to not even announce the specs of that until later on if it even exists you know there's so many Mm. hypothetical things in there but like like i said when we talked about it in the previous podcast i would be good if i bought like a, a regular ps5 and then maybe within a year, they released a special version mm. and it had loads of backwards compatibility or something for my actual physical old PlayStation games or, yeah. you know, whatever other features it may or may not offer. And, you know, that's the only thing that bothers me. If on launch day for the PS5, they have said they will be releasing another model within maybe six months that has backwards compatibility for physical uh, you know, media, mm-hmm. then I might wait. Okay. Possibly. But you'd need to know ahead of time. But yeah, I think if I decision. don't know, then provided it's not going to cost me £1,500, then yeah, I'll probably just buy one on launch. Yeah. What about you? You're a launch boy, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I will almost certainly get it on launch and I'll probably get the most expensive one like an idiot. i tell you what I would like, though, to see. Yeah. Because I've I've obviously just bought a Spider-Man PS4, which mm. I, li- I like to stare at all day. Um, I would like it, and I know that the main reason that they do different console designs and special editions and all sorts of other stuff is to not only get people who have already owned one to buy another one, yeah. but also perhaps entice people who are thinking about it with like, oh, cool! They've got a, they've got a green one. Yeah. I love green. I'm going to get the green PlayStation. I've been waiting. I'll, I'll buy a green PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would like it if they don't do the console colors, that there be a few different controller ver- color variations and designs at launch. I think that would be nice, so people can immediately just get something that feels a little bit bespoke. Yeah. Because uh, I actually, when when the PS4 launched before it, they started selling the accessories early in America. Like you could just buy them about a month before the PS4 even came out. And so custom web, uh, websites that do sort of custom jobs on controllers and things like that were selling these, but you could buy them in custom designs. Right. And my white PS4 controller is is a custom one. It's is not it? It's not one that I, that I bought, you know, um, that, that's just the white design. It's nice. I like it. Yeah, I like I it too. They did a really good job. I mean, it cost obviously quite a bit. Yeah. But I had this custom PS4 controller before the PS4 even launched, and mm-hmm. I was able to look at it. And, oh, this is nice. I would like to be able to buy some, you know, some some different stuff. So not everyone gets the black console and the black controllers. I'd, I'd quite like that they offer a selection at launch. If they're not going to do, or even if they are going to do a two tiered launch of power powered systems. Yeah. 
I'd like to be able to buy some custom controllers that are that are different, you know, mm-hmm. things that are slightly different designs. But I will buy it at launch for okay. for sure. Whew. Well, it's exciting, isn't it? Yes. The, uh, the, what do you think though is going to launch with the PS5? Well, what games? I don't know. Uh, this is this is like obviously there's there's a few games that are we know they're coming soon, probably before this actually comes out this con- this console, mm. but they will definitely have like a PS5 version, I'm sure. Right. Like The Last of Us mm-hmm. is supposed to release before this console comes out. Yeah. As far as yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh but that, that's going to be available on PS5. I I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um you know, same uh, with Death Stranding and all that. Yeah, stuff. exactly, yeah. Um but you know, beyond that, you, you the only like surefire or, or or the most likely predictions for PS5 games are just well, what sequels can you think of? You know what right. I mean? Like so, you know, the Spider-Man possibly if they've had enough time to yeah. maybe not. They might not have had because you know that's they'll, what, they'll want to think big, won't they? Well, that's the thing, right? I, I like all of the big games in the last couple of years probably won't have had enough time yeah, for another Horizon. one to come out. You won't get another. I think you'll get another Horizon. I think. Yeah. Well, at least I don't know. I don't think you'll get another Horizon, but I think it, enough time has passed for there to be another Horizon. Yeah, certainly by November, uh, you know, holiday 2020. holiday twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Guerrilla Games are apparently working on a multiplayer shooter as well, so they might not even be working on Horizon at the moment. Yeah, um, that, true. We, we may get that instead. Um, then there could be a contingent of Naughty Dog staff working on an Uncharted game. God, that would be nice. But it's also rumored that um, there's another SIE studio that could potentially be making an Uncharted game at the moment that isn't Naughty Dog, so Ooh. that could also be a launch title. Um Demon Souls is is pretty much not pretty much, but there's there's something confirmed in the Wired article that Bluepoint is working on that is a PS5 game, so that could be a launch game, right? And that's highly likely to be Demon Souls, if anything else. So, yeah, it's difficult to say. You know, God of War. I don't think there's been enough time. Don't no. think there's been enough time for Spider Man. It's highly unlikely that there's going to be a Bloodborne two anytime soon because they're working on a million different things, Elden Ring and so on. I mean, Ubisoft like to turn things around really quickly sometimes. Like even if they started, you know, six months ago on the next Assassin's Creed, I feel like they could maybe have it done by November just because they do like to recycle. Well, there's no Assassin's Creed this year, so there'll no. there'll be one next to it. Yeah, so Assassin's Creed, you'll get FIFA 21, Viking one. Yeah, you'll get FIFA. <laughs> Uh, but in terms of exclusives, I don't know. It's difficult to say. I, I mean, I really hope, and it would make all the sense in the world for them to actually go to E3 next year. God, yeah, that'd and be nice. they should just have a PS5 blowout where they say, right, here are fewer than 10 launch titles, but it just means that you're going to get, you know, or t- 10 exclusive launch titles, yeah. which just means that you're going to get three or four massive games mm-hmm. immediately yeah. which is you know huge that would be amazing because you know m- more often than not launch lineups are just here's uh, an exclusive that one of our first party studios not the best one but one of our yeah. first party studios they've been sort of they're just <clears throat> getting used to the new hardware and yeah. this is what they've made and then you'll get they've all the usual best. usual annualized crap and stuff so yeah. so it would be it would be nice to have one of these huge franchises or a couple of them even kick off even if some of the games are just you know remastered versions or whatever yeah there are some more obvious candidates for post-launch stuff and not necessarily exclusives but you know we know that 
we've we've had a teaser for the next Elder Scrolls game. Mm. Starfield. Yeah, Starfield. Uh, you know, whether there's been enough time for certain things, like Spider-Man or God of War. There might have been enough time for it to be launched, but like surely, you know, there's going to be another Spider-Man. There's going to be another God of War. So I think they'll be out on PS5 eventually. But yeah, not necessarily at launch, some of those. Can I make an exciting prediction that you'll be excited about? Yeah. I reckon at, and we'll do predictions again for E3. I reckon at E3, mm. if PlayStation are there, Activision will confirm a brand new Crash Bandicoot game they that did. will launch with PS5. Yeah, I, I think that that is possible. They said that they had a five-year plan for him when they released the Insane Trilogy. I mm. think we're... What, just that game or...? No, well, they released the Insane Trilogy and said, we've got a five-year plan for Crash as a character, as okay. a franchise. They've got Crash Team Racing. They brought out Crash Team Racing. It's not been five years yet, has it, since Insane Trilogy? It's been that's 2017. Like, yeah. So, so that's, you got till 2022. Yeah. That's what they said at the time, whether that's still true or not. But they, they did a pretty good job um, of the, some of the extra levels that they made for... Insane trilogy. They made a they made a futuristic level, and then they've they've been making new tracks as well for CTR, haven't they? Like they have, and they've all been great. And I don't want to, I don't want to sort of you know uh, invalidate or underestimate the amount of hard work that goes into making a Crash Bandicoot level. But I would imagine it's not quite as labor intensive as creating an open world game. No, it's very modular. So hopefully. That's that sort of production time isn't as lengthy as other games. So yeah. they, they could turn that around in time for a PS5 launch. Uh, but who knows? That I mean, those are just that's just speculation. But should we talk about the actual <coughs> article, the Wired article? Um, we've sure. got some headlines here, sort of a breakdown from Push Square. They've got a great article. We'll link it in the link dump that links to all their other articles about the various piece of information that came out of this article. Peter, hit te- me with them. Tell me these headlines. Oh, do it, Peter. I believe in you. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the first one is the most important one, though. <coughs> you ready? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's crinkling. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. Sony confirms next-gen console will be called PlayStation 5. Oh, they did it, but it's spelled weird. It's got AI in it. PlayStation. PlayStation, yeah, that's how they're spelling it. Yeah. And the, the S in PlayStation has been replaced with the 5. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, the P is actually it's a dollar sign, so it says it's Slay Station. Slay Station. Yeah. Yeah. God, can't wait for it. Me too. PS5 release date set for holiday 2020. <sighs> Holidays are coming, everyone. We're nearly there. P- well, we're not. I mean, it's a year away. I know, but we're nearly there. We are nearly there. We're nearly there. PS5 will let you choose which parts of a game you want to install. Yeah, did you uh, did you see this? That's in insane. The I saw the headline. I didn't read yeah. it. So basically, so what does that mean exactly? They were talking about how they were doing the the GPUs and the system architectures. Yeah. And Mark Cerny was part of the interviews. You know, Mark Cerny is sort of very Joker-like in the way that he talks and his mannerisms and his wide eyes all the time, no, Mark. unblinking, looking right into your soul. No, I don't. No. Would you like neck three? No, would you like me to lick it? Would you like me to lick it, Nack 3? Um, so, yes, he's in it and he's taught, he's a very clever man. And uh, he was talking about all the, that kind of stuff. And basically, kind of like how on the PS4 now, when you download a game, mm. it gives you an option whether or not you want to prioritize the multiplayer or the single player. And, you know, this is all stuff that's in theory. It's, st- it, it's apparently tools that developers can use. 
but it's at the discretion of the developers whether or not, you know, publishers, whether or not they will actually bother to use this stuff. But he was talking about the you, theoret- theoretically, yeah. you could install the single player and just play the single player or install the multiplayer or install both and then delete the single player to free up room on your console but still have the multiplayer installed of a game so you can like sort of modular yeah install or uninstall various parts and delete parts and it just kind of makes sense I yeah suppose, that's right? nice because some stinky cod boys and girls yeah. uh don't don't play the amazing campaigns that call of duty always put out mm-hmm. they just buy them and then they just want to go no scope some nubs some nubs yeah, all the time nub scub so it makes sense for them not to install, install a single player likewise i'm actually not much of a multiplayer kind of kind of fella um, stinky narrative boy. Yeah, I'm a stinky narrative boy. That or girl. Or girl. That's me. So it would make sense for me not to install the multiplayer of some of my games. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I never really got into the the Uncharted slash Last of Us multiplayers. I know they yeah. were people. People said they were quite good. Last of Us multiplayers. Out. Lots of people are very upset that there's no multiplayer I know. this time around. Yeah. The factions multiplayer in the Last of Us was really really good. Uncharted multiplayers. Just you know, it's good. It's yeah. Good. Well, especially because I think earlier on, Last of Us was supposed to have, multi- Last of Us 2 was meant to have mm. a multiplayer. I think they said in like it way back in an article or an interview somewhere. And now they've said, oh, we're having to drop it. Uh, anyway, are going to spin it off into its own thing. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Is, so. But it might not be a Last of Us thing. They, they've, yeah. So they've built it. They're going to spin it off, but it might just be reskinned and it might come out as something else. Jack and Daxter. Yeah, exactly. Knack. <laughs> yes. Um, Crash. But, uh, you know, it makes sense. Like like Crash, actually, is a good example. I don't play Crash Team Racing multiplayer. I play, like, good. one race a day. Just reserve your So that your I can sanity. get my Nitro. And then, yeah, I'm not going to win. So I don't, I don't play to win, but I play to, you know, not be absolutely flawed by a system that has no matchmaking capabilities. It just puts eight people together and makes them race. The stinky Drift, boys. I don't think it's based on, like, skill or no, level. It's no, it's not. The matchmaking puts... is, is astonishingly bad. Yeah. Really uh, it bad. should it should like work out what your times are like and just put you all together. But... Yeah, it should. Anyway, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. What else is there? Uh, the PS5 will have a 4K Blu-ray disc drive. Good. That I mean, yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. What, It'd be what a bit about weird that? if it didn't? HD DVD, her Xbox. See, we got him. Can we have a VHS? We got him. VHS player, Beta please. Betamax, it's Sony. Yeah. Betamax. Yeah, you're right, actually. The PS5's user interface sounds much more interactive with live information from games. So, yeah, they actively sort of trash-talked the PS4's UI because the PS3 got quite a big overhaul halfway through its life. The Xbox 360 had the same thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PS4's remained largely unchanged. They've just added various things at the top, like communities and, you know crap like that just trash uh just nonsense really please please get a subscription to playstation live please <laughs> please please uh yes you can delete it but we'll be back in the next update um do you want playstation now look at all these games you can play with two second latency <laughs> they were actively referring to working out what a person is doing in a game and displaying it so you know sometimes in some games it says the game that someone's playing and then underneath it'll give a description like it roaming in such and such i think mm. destiny does it right um and certain games will tell you which missions people are on and stuff i think they want to make that more in depth they specifically said we don't want people to have to boot up a game and jump in just to see what their friends doing we want them to be able to know exactly what they're up to from the from just from the PS5's main menu. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you extrapolate that, then it could it, it just sounds like a, a UI and an interface that's just far more 
interactive and i mean that's the what does it say it does it literally say interactive it does say interactive there which is where i've just pulled the word from right but you know what i mean like it it sounds like there's just going to be much more going on and you know you can if you don't play online then that's fine but at least you'll know exactly what your friends are up to yeah and uh maybe they'll have a revamped store where you can actually have a have a wish list where people can buy you things from it that'd be nice oh god yeah that'd be great like gifting games like steam Maybe they'll uh, fix all of their sort of media player and streaming service. Oh, my God. So the media player. The PS3 the was so good. The media player on the PS3 was so good. Yeah. Never mind. Have, no. you, uh, have you ever tried to watch 4OD or BBC iPlayer on a PlayStation? I actually haven't. Only a, only a handful of times. Channel 4. Is it called 4? No, it's called like 4 Now or some Demand 4. I don't know what it's called anymore. I think it's 4 Is it not 4OD? 4 it used Demand? to be. I don't know if it's still called. Anyway. Okay. The Channel 4 thing. Uh, when an ad plays, um, the ad so you get like fifteen minutes through your show. There's a an inbuilt ad break mid roll, so that's fine. The ad mm. plays, then the player crashes. You have to close the oh, app. Oh no! You have to relaunch the app. You have to find the program that you were at. Uh, sometimes it doesn't remember where you were, mm. and you then have to scrub through for fifteen minutes to the break that you're at, and then it it normally lets you pass that ad break that time. And then, you know, God. with an hour-long show, there's going to be two more ad breaks at least where that happens. That is rubbish. It's just been broken like that for as long as I've been using it. And I've recently started watching iPlayer because I've just got a new TV license. Mm. And that just doesn't... That just goes to a black screen a lot of the time. It just doesn't work. <sighs> and I used to blame Channel 4 for having a bad app. Now I think it might be the PlayStation don't know how to do UK on-demand TV services. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. It, that's not good, though. Fix it. That's a shame. Let's talk about that PS5 controller. Oh, yeah. So they were handed, uh, the <clears throat> the uh, author was handed a sort of prototype mm-hmm. for what is presumably the DualShock 5, yeah. which is the logical naming convention. Or maybe they'll call it the, the DualShock Flow or the DualShock Move or the Whoa. DualShock Vita or something like that. Who's to say? Uh, so apparently it looks a lot like the PS4's DualShock 4, which I like because I, I really like the PS4 controller. Yeah, I do. I think it's a good controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it apparently has adaptive triggers and improved rumble. So much so that the adaptive triggers, what that means is they offer different levels of resistance based on what you're doing. Yeah. So if you're, the example that's cited in the article is if you're pulling a bowstring back, a bowstring? Yeah, a bowstring. Yeah, a bowstring. If you're pulling a bowstring back, You'll you'll find there's more resistance on it, you know, as you as you pull it closer towards the thing, which is you know cool. Hopefully it doesn't break because there's lots of small parts in it that yeah. make that work. And the rumble technology is also apparently really impressive. They they played some kind of driving demo mm-hmm. where they could really really feel the difference between driving on the road and driving on dirt, like so much so that they could sort of swerve between the two and feel, feel the, the difference. Feel the difference. So oh. that's cool. I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do with a controller without it looking ridiculous. Yeah. Like some sort of mad cats nonsense that you buy, some mm-hmm. third-party crap. But that sounds good. That sounds like a logical next step. Yeah. Why not? I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Uh, we were also very briefly, uh, we were asked in one of those questions if there were any features we don't know about that that we want to see come to the console. And I would like to say that I would like the share button and and improved share functionality in terms of saving and editing clips and sharing them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, in terms of you know something that already exists and should be carried across, definitely the share button is just such a good thing. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. You know, it's so easy just to, a silly thing happens in your game, press one button and then yeah. you've got it. And you know, you can trim it down later and just post it on social media right from the console. 
so weird. It, it's so weird to go back to or just go to other consoles that don't have it and yeah. not be able to do that. And you, you're sort of instinctive. So, yeah, I really hope that, that that comes across for sure. Yeah, definitely. PS5 is aiming for super fast game downloads, apparently. I hope so. Yeah. I sure hope it does. I mean, surely that's still limited by the size of the game mm. file and the speed of your internet. But, mm. you know, I, I guess... It's also their network speed as well. So. Yeah, and, and and also I guess th- there might be something they can do in terms of optimization where potentially you know like when a certain amount of the game has downloaded and you can actually start playing mm-hmm. uh, before it's it's all there. Maybe there's something they can do there as well in terms of how how the software works so that you can yeah start sooner while the rest is still downloading. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, yeah. Oof. Exciting. Only a couple more quick things here. Gran Turismo Sport is apparently already running on a PS5 dev kit, and that game looks very nice anyway. Yeah. So that's good. And Blue Point Games is working on a big game for PS5. Yeah. The, the guy basically said, I'll let you work out what it is. And well, the rumors forever have been that it's Demon Souls. So I don't. That's the thing. I mean, Blue Point <sighs> mostly do kind of remastered HD editions or collections um, and games. full remakes as well. They did and full uh, remakes. Last of the Colossus. Last of the Colossus. Yeah, yes. Shadow. Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus last year. Yeah, but they've also done. They did like a God of War collection. They made. Mm-hmm. They did um, Nathan Drake collection. Yep. Uh, they did Shadow of the Colossus and Ico together. Ico, Ico. Did they back on the PS3? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that was them. And then they did the full remake for Shadow of the yeah. Colossus as well. So they're they're very good at adapting other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. I hope it's I hope it's Demon Souls. Yeah, I really hope because every it's so heavily rumored, and the fact that he just put a tease like that in there just said we'll let you work out what it is. The saying that makes it you know sound like it, obviously it's something we already know about. It's, you know, they're certainly yeah. not working on a new IP, which no. I think that is what we'd expect anyway. But yeah, it kind of implies that. Look for the for the bigger rumors, and it's mm. probably that one. Might be that one. Yeah, I I really hope it's that, and uh, it'll only be a matter of time until we find out. I think now the clock is the clock is ticking down it until is. the it's, end of next year. It's about twelve months now. Well, well, a bit more than that. It's not quite holidays. Not yet. quite. Holidays are coming. They but are not here yet. Yeah, that's the PlayStation Five. We'll, we'll, of course, continue to cover it here. And we'll continue to cover Project Scarlet as well as as soon as there's any information about that. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, let us know what you think of all of today's discussions Please in do. the comments or tweet us. Uh, you know, there are various places you can do that. And Peter Austin is going to tell you all about it. Twitter.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Or indeed, Confused underscore Dude. <gasps> Or that Peter Austin. Ah. That's where you can tweet us. We've also got a Triple Jump Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Uh, our social media man, uh, Luke Eldon. Or woman. Or woman. I think, I think he identifies as man. But Yes, uh, he does. Uh, you know, he, he's doing good stuff over there. Mm-hmm. Um, why... What's what's this? So I what's thought it's been added to my notes. I thought, yeah, I didn't get a chance to mention it beforehand, but uh, yeah, Luke, Luke Eldon does such a fantastic job over there on our Facebook that I it thought is. we should we should give a little shout out and a plug for a podcast that he does. Oh, give him a pluge. Yeah, that we give him a little plug. So he does a podcast called Checkpoint Reached no, and Check Reach Pod. No, Checkpoint Reached is the name of the podcast. But right. on Twitter, yeah. they are. What are they? Check Reach Pod. There we go. Check Reach Pod. So go go and check them out. Thank you very much, Luke, for your continued hard work. It's Thank much you. appreciated. I don't know why I doubted your own notes there. <laughs> I mean, I was literally reading the same no. sentence you were. Well, I was reading the end of the sentence. Okay. You were reading the start, like most people do. Like ships passing in the night. They read the start of the sentence before the end. Yeah. 
uh, youtube.com forward slash team triple jump and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump where you can get our actual video content. Mm, there was a, what was it that went out this week? A rules boss. Rules boss. Rules boss. Wait, tell back. us the rules. Mm. Uh, Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps do the modding for our streams when we're on those two websites. They do. Uh, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump is where you can get various rewards including asking questions on this podcast and early worst games ever the podcast itself if you want to hear an audio version of it is play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump not yeah. team no not team there's no team in triple jump the website is triple dot merp we've got a store there we've got a careers page with no job adverts on no it at the moment job adverts at the moment. Eyes keep peeled. your eyes peeled and we've got a discord yeah. Uh, that's bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. And modding over there is Jack Bradshaw. Huh. Thank you, Jack. There you go. Instagram, at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20 if you'd like to follow us there. We usually post some things from behind the scenes from time to time, you yes. know, give little hints about what's coming, kind of like Blue Point Games. Just, Just like, that. like that. Yeah. And uh, if you come over to the YouTube channel, you get lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, Monday and Tuesday being our solo streams on Twitch, and Thursday being our joint Blazit streams on uh, YouTube. YouTube. Thank you very much. I'm starting to do, I've done all of my streams for the past few weeks in the evenings. Mm. Um, so if you usually can't come along to the daytime streams, then feel free to come along. I'm streaming from five and it'd be lovely to see you there. Uh, what else we got here? Worst games is fortnightly. Friday for patrons. For the next couple of episodes, I think it's going to be Thursday for Thursday. patrons as well. Yeah. Uh, so please do come check that out. It's not a worst games week, but it will be next week. Mm-hmm. Finally, the podcast is every Saturday. Leave a review on your iTunes or your platform of choice, something to do with algorithms. We are going to EGX next week. We're going uh, on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be there all of Thursday and for a little bit of Friday. If you see us, please say hello. Yeah. Um, as such, we'll be recording the podcast right at the start of the week instead of the end of the week. So if you're a patron, please keep an eye out for a post asking for questions. It will be much earlier than usual just so we can get that recorded. And our news will not be relevant. So if, no. if on Thursday something or Friday something enormous breaks. Someone's pants finally falls down on stage. Someone oh. tr- finally falls over because their trousers fell down on stage. PS6 announced. No. God damn it. Then we won't oh. be covering it until the following week. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Well, there we go. Peter, there's just time for a word from today's sponsor. Yeah. Is your kid... A pain in the in in the ask. Yep. Bring them here. Bullworth Academy. Dog. We've got dogs who will eat them for you. Right. Canis Children Edit. Yes. Doggy Child. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you real soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.